welcome everybody to Clearwater Jazz Holiday Foundation's Young Lions Jazz Master Virtual Sessions. Today's educator and guest musician is Brandon Robertson back with us with a topic he is calling Raise the Bar Preparation for Performance. We are recording these sessions for the purposes of Clearwater Jazz education and outreach. If there are questions, we can get those questions to Brandon using the chat feature or the raise your hand feature. Any feedback is appreciated. Info at clearwaterjazz.com or if you have a future session topic suggestion you'd like us to consider. Brandon is an Emmy-nominated music director, professional upright electric bassist, composer, and music educator originally from Tampa, Florida. He completed his Bachelor of Arts in Music from Florida State University in 2009 and a Master of Music and Jazz Studies in the spring of 2016. Currently, Brandon is the Director of Jazz Studies and Director of the FGCU Basketball Band at Florida Gulf Coast University in Fort Myers, Florida. In 2018, Brandon was nominated for an Emmy Award for Best Documentary for Educational Collegiate Programs featuring the FGCU Jazz Ensemble. As a prominent band leader, Brandon has taken his band on multiple national tours, headlining at some of the top jazz venues in the country. And to add to this impressive resume, he has performed with notable acts, such as the world-famous Count Basie Orchestra, led by director Scotty Barnhart, vocalist Carmen Bradford, Jason Marcellus, Marcus Roberts, Marty Morell, and many others. We are so fortunate to have Brandon with us today. Please also check out his first debut album, recently released, entitled Based on a True Story, released this past fall, which reached all the way to number 16 on the iTunes Top 200 release. Brandon, welcome back to Clearwater Jazz Holidays, Young Lions Jazz Master Virtual Sessions. The stage is all yours, my friend. Thank you guys very much. Much And once again, a special, special shout out to Steve and the outnowning Tampa Bay uh, Jazz Foundation, the Clearwater Jazz Holiday Foundation. You guys are great and awesome for putting this platform together. Um, so I've actually done a few of these sessions, and I've been very excited about each and, each and every one of them that I've been able to present. I think they're very uh, insightful. I think there will be useful information for any one of you who will be watching this in the future. And I do believe that there's a lot of valuable information that can help develop your up-and-coming up and, and professional music career. So for today's topic um, is a topic that I think musicians well professional musicians we spend a lot of time on we we there's 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 three there's three kind of layers within the pie charts that we learn in school we learn about the different pie charts and how you can break up in different sections you have the creative side which is the side that you work with in terms of uh creating music um, creating the, the type of music that you want to perform. You have the side where <clears throat> you deal with the business aspect of it. So that means the, all the logistic, logistics that comes with being a professional musician. But then that third tier is the side that separates professional musicians from amateur musicians, and that is preparation. See, when you present yourself to someone, when you tell, tell someone that you are a musician, they have and they are they automatically have a stigma or some type of awareness that comes with that 
with that occupation, musician. So whether whether you be an, a music educator, uh, a producer, a writer, an arranger, um, a studio musician, uh, someone who's into the production side of things, uh, who deals with more staging and 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 um, large production work, but preparation is key. That is the last tier that comes with making yourself a well-rounded, full-packaged musician, okay? So today I'm going to talk about six points, and these six key points that I'm going to go through with you um, are just different tools. These are different things that were presented to me along the way, things that I learned along the way with playing with other professional musicians and just learning how to manage myself and present myself in those type of settings. So the very first, uh, the very first bullet point I want to mention is pay attention to the small details. Now, when you when you are hired, and I'm speaking specifically to the young fresh out of high school, fresh into college musicians. When you are hired for a gig, the number one thing that you want to make sure is that you write down the dates, write down the information that, that is being given to you. So for instance, the date of the performance, the time of the performance, the set time of the performance, the sound check, of the performance. These things are very important. That those are little details that if you miss plays a big role down the road, especially the day of the performance. So I'll give you an example. I remember being hired to play a musical when I was in college. And the director of the musical sent an email out to everyone who was involved. She provided the date the time, the duration of the performance, the uh, set list, sound check, rehearsal schedule, etc. All of the essential information that's needed for me to know what's going to happen at this performance. Well, I didn't check my email in time and I missed the sound check and the rehearsal schedule. So not only did I show up twice to the rehearsals late, but I also showed up to the dress rehearsal late. Needless to say, they did allow me to finish the show, but I was never hired again by that company. So that was a lesson that I learned that I have to be very tentative to the details that are given to me. So please make sure that you pay attention to the details that are being given to you. Okay. Also within that first bullet point with paying attention to the small details, Know who is in charge. That's another part, small detail that gets overlooked. A lot of times you're going to be hired for a show that you may not necessarily know the direct person who hired you because you're being hired as a as a sideman. So you're usually sometimes coming in, either subbing for someone you're filling in, or this is a group that was just put together and you was just given the information. So the more information that you know ahead of time, the easier things will go for you the day of the performance. So for instance, a lot of wedding bands will hire a multitude of, uh, multitude of uh, musicians 
who come from different regions, who come from different areas, different backgrounds, and you're usually just given very generic information. So you always want to know who's the leader of the band, who is the person that's hiring me, who is the person of contact, just in case something happens if I, get, if I know I'm going to be late or if I show up early and I need to know where to go. You always want to know who is in charge. So these small details are very important when it's given to you. This will help you in preparation for your performance. This actually is preparing you to not have any discrepancy or any issues when it comes time for you to arrive at the venue or the event, whatever it is that you're going to be doing. Okay. So point number one, pay attention to the small details. Point number two, and also in terms of preparation, you need to create a routine. Now, when you become more established, your time is going to be very limited, okay? You're going to go from when you graduate high school and when you get into college, you're going to have all this time. You're actually going to have too much time. You, don't, you won't think that once you're in college because you're going to find that your classes and other extracurricular activities are going to come into play. But you actually have a whole lot more time than you think. You need to create a practice routine. Okay. Now, if you have, now, if you're a student who is going to be working, for instance, if you have a full-time job or you have a part-time job, or you're going to be doing extra things on the side to have, to make extra income for yourself, you need to set it aside at least four hours out of your day to practice. Now, whether that's you could do it all in one setting or you break that four hours up. Now, with my students, what I like to tell my students is I always make them create a two-hour practice block where they have 30-minute increments that they can work on very specific things that they have to achieve within the day. So I have them write in your practice book you will have a log and you'll say today's log. I'm going to practice on, let's say you're practicing for a gig and the band leader, it, the band leader does provide you with music and you're given 10 charts. Okay. So there's five days out of the week. If I practice two charts a day, I would have gotten through all 10 by the end of the week. Okay. So I take two charts a day and if I have, if I need to practice for four hours, I'm going to at least spend two hours on one of the songs per day, right? Per day. And within that two hours, I would say, okay, I need to learn the melody. I need to learn the chord changes. I need to learn the form of the song. Uh, I need to know how many solos are going to be taken. I need to know what am I going to be doing? So there's, so you write these things out. So is when you create yourself a practice routine, you know specifically what it is that you're going to work on rather than you just been given this music and then you just go in and you just kind of learn it. And you, you just assume that the day of you're going to retain everything that you worked on and you'll be able to practice. And I'm sorry, you'll be able to perform it in the spot. I'm going to tell you right now, that would not work. <laughs> you would actually need to spend time and make sure that you can internalize all of the information that you're retaining. Because when it comes time for you to perform, 
the band leader may not want you to have music on stage they or whoever's hiring you they may not want you to have the music right there in front of you so if you have not done your routine you have not gotten into the habit of practicing it every day the same way and doing it correctly you're not going to be prepared for when it comes time for you not to be reading the music in front of you so point number two is create a practice routine set aside four hours a day and i would break that four hours up if you could do one hour in the morning one hour midday one hour in the afternoon one hour in the evening or if you do two hours in the morning two hours in the afternoon however you want to split that up you just want to make sure that you get into a regular practice routine and you do it consistently uh statistics shows that when you create good habits if you can create a, if you can do the same routine in a three-week span you would then in terms create a new habit so it takes about three weeks for that habit to become a routine so if you stay focused and stay consistent with that routine by the time it comes uh time for you to to do the performance you won't really have nothing to stress about because you would have already worked through everything that you have needed to do okay so remember so again point number one pay attention to the small details point number two create a practice routine all right, so now, point number three, don't waste time on things that you can already do. So, for instance, a lot of gigs that I've done in the past, they will call me and they'll say, Brandon, we're going to do two-hour gig, private gig. They just want some jazz background music. We're going to call a bunch of standards. Okay. Most of the time, I'll ask, do you have a set list? And... If it's one of those type of gigs, they'll say, eh, we'll just call some tunes, probably tunes that you already know, okay? Well, how do I prepare for that? Because I don't know what they all know. And I also am going to assume that whatever I know, they also know as well. So here's a couple of things that you can do. If you ever get on a situation like that, if you, where you get called for a performance and they don't give you a set list, you can ask do you have a standard list of tunes that you like to call? So that way, if, if there are tunes on this list that I don't know or I'm not aware of, I have time to practice them. Okay, that is a fair question to ask. And for the most part, whoever's hiring you can provide you with that list, right? But let's say if they say, oh, we're going to call Autumn Lees, all the things you are, a trade tunes that you probably more than likely already know. Well, then the next thing is you should be practicing the things about those tunes that you don't like that you can do already or things that you haven't tried yet. So I wouldn't spend a whole lot of time playing through Autumn Leaves. I can play Autumn Leaves already. I know that. But what I would spend time on is how can I melodically play this song a lot differently than I have in the past instead of regurgitating to my regular licks. So maybe I will go back and find some new recordings of some horn players playing this song and I'll go and transcribe. Or maybe I had never played Autumn Leaves at this tempo. So maybe I'll go and shed on playing Autumn Leaves at this tempo just in case, let's say if they wanted to call it up tempo. Well, now I'm prepared that I could play it that fast. So, there, so you want to find things about things that you want to find things that you can't do already and work on that 
That is effective practicing. That is effective preparation because now you're not wasting time on just sitting there for an hour or two doing things that you can already do. And therefore, when you get on a gig, you're thinking, oh, I'm going to try this new thing because it sounds fun and hip. And now you sound bad because you hadn't had the chance to work it out. So you don't want to get in that position. Okay. So you want to make sure that if whatever it is that you're practicing, you're practicing things that you cannot do in that moment. So therefore, you are ready to do it when it comes time for you to play it. And you're not having to think about it. Okay. So I'm going to go through all the points again. Point number one, pay attention to the small details. Point number two, create a practice routine. Point number three, don't waste time on things that you can already do. Okay. Oh, also with point number three, you don't want to, you, you don't want to get caught up in what I like to call um, uh, the, the feel good, the feel good practicing where You've been practicing all the things that you can't and you sound bad. So then you just go on and you say, okay, for the rest of this time, I'm going to play stuff to make me happy and feel good. That's great. You're allowed to do that. But I would do that at the very beginning. Don't spend the whole practice session doing that towards the end because now you'd have just wasted all this extra stuff that you've done. So what you could do is take the things that you were working on and at the very end, test yourself. Give yourself a playing test. So let's say at the end of the week, I would have, I would have, wanted to learn five songs by memory, knowing the form, the chord changes, everything, and being able to take one chorus. Those are small goals. Give yourself small goals. So when, you, when you're saying to yourself, I don't want to waste time not doing things that I can already do. I, wanna waste, I don't, I don't want to waste time doing things that I can do. I want to make sure that I use my time to do things that I can't. All right? So that's point number three. Point number four. Go the distance. Go beyond what is required of you to do for that performance. So, so for example, if you're playing a 90-minute set, which usually 90-minute sets will be um, split up, uh, you, you'd either do 45 minutes with a 15-minute break and then an hour set, or, or you would do a whole full 90 minutes straight through, which would be an hour and a half. So if you're doing a 90-minute set, okay, you want to you want to practice playing for 90 minutes straight, like playing your music, playing whatever the, the music is that you have to play. If you have the set list and have it in order, perform the whole show in order all the way through. Put on your timer on your phone, and you play it all the way through. You want to build healthy habits, okay? So... If you're not used to playing long-term gigs, then you need to practice playing in a 90-minute in a setting straight through without stopping, okay? If you know that uh, you only have two hours of practice out of the day, then maybe add an extra 30 minutes at night before you go to bed or 30 minutes in the morning. If you know that... Uh, there's a song that you have to play the melody on. Well, maybe I'll practice just an extra 10 minutes just on the melody of that song just to make sure. Do the little things that, that goes beyond what is required of you. That's what makes the bigger difference in your performance. That is actually what's going to bridge and eliminate any mistakes that could possibly happen because it's that little extra, extra thing that you do. 
when a basketball player spends maybe an extra 10 minutes shooting some free throws or a football player takes an extra 10 minutes just to do some more runs or go through the film room uh, looking at plays. It's the same thing. It's just doing a little bit of extra, going that extra distance to make sure that whatever it is that you're going to do, you are giving it your 400%. Okay, so point number four, go the distance. Create some healthy habits for yourself that would push you to go beyond what is required so that way you are overprepared, all right? Point number five, if you feel well, you will play well. Now, this is from a mental standpoint. We as musicians, we are our worst enemy, okay? Self-doubt is the enemy within the mind. Self-doubt is the enemy within the mind, okay? So when you have self-doubt about what it is that you're going to perform, that is going to play against you. It's going to be a heavy, heavy factor going against you. And so in order to, to get beyond that, again, doing steps one through four will alleviate all of those issues. You won't have to feel that worrisome or you want to feel that anxiety, that performance anxiety because you didn't take care of business, okay? So you want to make sure you get plenty of rest. Make sure you're hydrated. These are things that I talked about in my previous sessions. But you want to make sure that, you're, that, you, that you have plenty of fluids, that you want to make sure that you, that you ate something. Always eat at least 30 to 45 minutes before you perform. Your body needs proteins. It need, your mind needs to have something broken down so that way you're not just tapped out because you're just hungry or you're going off of the rest of your emergency supply within your brain cells. You want to make sure that you're fully functioning and you have all of your thoughts together, okay? Make sure you exercise, okay? Musicians, we have a ten tendency of not exercising and not taking care of ourselves and eating healthy. You know, we got to make sure we eat right. You have to make sure that you're taking care of your body, especially horn players who are who is exerting a lot of energy, specifically air. Make sure you're taking care of your lungs, you know, making sure that you're doing breathing exercises. OK, taking doing all of these key elements will help you play well. And if you feel good, if you feel like a million bucks, you're going to play like a million bucks. OK, so make sure that you. Make sure that you are um, that you that if you feel well that you are mentally taking care of yourself, okay. Make sure that you are 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 always um, being expressive. You know, don't hold things in. You want to. You just don't want to go into a gig or 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 a performance where you have something weighing on you. Okay. Make sure you find something that can help you release all of that. All right. And the last point of preparation is play to the gig okay sometimes as musicians we forget that we are being hired to do a specific job i had to learn that the hard way um, when i started playing with jason marsalis and i started playing with guys that are you know doing the basie band and you know i had to learn that every single gig is different. I cannot approach every gig the exact same way. I can't assume that this, that this gig I'm doing tonight is going to be the same as the gig I'm, I'm going to do two days later. 
different environment, different stages, different um, spacing, different audience, you know, different music, different set lists. Uh, there's so many different factors that plays into that. So I had to learn to play to the gig. So every time you are hired for a performance, you will you want to make sure that you are practicing for that performance and nothing else and know your role. So I play bass. If I'm being hired and I am playing somebody else's original music, I am not going to do anything fancier than what is being being expected of me to do. Why? Because my role is to make sure that I make whoever this person's original music is. My job is to make their music sound to the best that it's supposed to be audibly is supposed to sound and that the bass part is played correctly and played in the fact that the band leader wants me to play nothing else more than that because you don't want to overstep somebody who is hiring you because they might have a certain vision and certain uh entity or ear that they want like that they would like to achieve within the band and if you go in there and you try to disrupt it by doing your own thing you would not get hired again because you were you did not do what you were being hired to do in the first place you're being hired to provide a service and a service to whoever that person is hiring you to do so you want to make sure that you know your key role if your role in the band if you're playing a new orleans type of uh gig and your role as the bass player is to only play two beat you don't need to be walking you don't need to be trying to ask for solos play what you got hired to do if you were being asked to do a salsa group a band uh, a salsa gig and you were asked to play down a salsa feel you're not supposed to add in swing or hip-hop or anything. you got to play to the gig so make sure you're always performing to the the actual or make sure you're practicing to the performance itself okay so <clears throat> so to the recap everything you want to pay attention to the small details that are being provided to you about the performance you then want to create a practice routine that gets you started and working towards that performance you don't want to waste any time doing things that you already know how to do but rather spend the time on the things that are going to give you the most trouble and allevi alleviating alleviating any discrepancies you would have in that performance you want to make sure that you go to distance and you are always giving it 110 percent every time go beyond what is expected of you for this performance to make sure that you are over prepared over prepared for what's going to come um if you mentally feel good about going into that performance you're going to play well you won't have anything to stretch about you will be, be able to relax you'll be able to focus in on what you have to do and you will be able to actually enjoy that performance situation and then lastly play to the gig make sure that you are playing and doing the things that you're being hired for and nothing more and nothing less and always know your role so with that being said, uh, I believe that will um, conclude my my portion of today's session. And uh, that I think I pretty much covered everything I wanted to touch on today. A lot of great stuff, Brandon. Hey, so I have a couple questions um, and some comments. As part of Clearwater Jazz Holiday Foundation's year-round outreach, we have a program that's called Give Them a Stage. And the idea with this program is to identify – some of the young performers 
the, that are in our community and create uh, performance opportunities for them throughout the year at different events with our partners and other people that we work with and oftentimes trying to connect a young player with a more established professional or educator in that context. And one of the, uh, one of the focuses other than the obvious of creating a performance opportunity is to try to instill some good habits of a young player in approaching a gig. And um, I was hoping you could touch on that a little bit because um, I've been most impressed with watching um, some of the participants develop uh, in the areas of communication and punctuality and professionalism and overall just the manner in which they learn to carry themselves with others and what that could mean to repeat business for them. So I was hoping you could touch on those, those ideas and how important they are. Yeah. So creating, um, to answer that question, uh, one of the things that I didn't touch on yet, but, um, one thing I learned about creating a habit of being respectful to others um, there's been many times where I've gotten called on gigs where I got hired with some cats who were just not nice people for whatever reason. I don't know what was bothering them that day, but they just weren't nice people. But I always got called back because the, uh, the band leaders of those groups who hired me noticed that even though somebody else in the band might have felt indifferent or felt a certain type of way did that didn't rattle me or disturb me from my job what i was being hired to do so one of the things i would tell young musicians and young professional uh, musicians that are coming up is make sure you have a great attitude keep a positive and a very jubilant attitude every single time you touch the bandstand that great attitude will get you hired so much more over someone who is talented and is in that one percent of folks who just have that it factor because one thing that will never get you hired again is you having an egotistical narcissistic and a very pessimistic approach when it comes to the bandstand um so creating um good uh, a good communication and a rapport amongst folks um another another good practice routine is um create a playlist uh one thing that i do that really helps me in preparation for gigs is uh usually if it's um if it's a gig where we're playing standards we might do some original music which most of the time the cats will give you the they'll give you recordings to their original songs but if it's like regular standards i usually sometime will um ask the band leader like hey what are some of your favorite recordings of these songs we i don't know if you'll do these i don't know if you would do a particular version but i'll have an idea of what you're listening to and usually they'll give me a list of uh, records or things that they check out and then i'll create a playlist so then that way i kind of know how this person is thinking in terms of when they're soloing or what the, what they're what they check out so if i hear them play something i'll know exactly kind of where they pull it from that helps me in preparation of knowing my role and what to play behind the band so creating a, a playlist for yourself some kind of um some kind of uh uh manifest that you can go by on on a gig that's that you're being hired for and then uh lastly 
uh, uh, one thing that you want to do is um, follow up. You know, always make sure that you you ask the questions that whatever you think a question might be dumb. If you ask the band leader, like, oh man, I think they think I think they think I should know the answer to this. And if you think that they think that, you probably should ask that question because you might be assuming wrong. <laughs> so um, one thing that I learned over time is just a dumb question is not a dumb question because you, if you want to be as prepared as possible. So even if you may think it's a dumb question, that band leader might appreciate that you did ask that because it might, you might bring something to a, attention to them that they might've overlooked. So um, those are just a few things that I think would be beneficial. That's some great feedback, Brandon. Um, one last question. What are some technical questions logistically that are important to ask when you're approaching a gig? Well, uh, let's do the elephant in the room first, because this one that this is a question that most young musicians, uh, they, they, they kind of slip up on. Do not right off the bat ask about money. If someone is calling you to hire you, you cannot assume all the time that they're calling you to do something for free. And if they're calling you and said so, and if they say so-and-so recommended you, if that person that recommended you, if you know that person has a reputation of not playing gigs for free, more than likely no one's going to hire you to do something for free. So don't make the mistake of saying, well, I don't do stuff for free. You can't say that to somebody who hasn't hired you yet, especially if they haven't heard you play. So don't do that. That's mistake number one. Uh, you also want to make sure that uh, you don't, you don't, you don't put yourself. You, you ask the right question. So you always want to ask about um, the person of contact. You all, you always want to ask like who's in charge and if they have a, a personal contact. And if I can't get a hold of that person, who would be the second personnel in charge? You always want to make sure you have two, two, two backup contacts. Um, you want to ask about parking, the logistics of parking, because I've played so many gigs where I've, I did a gig one time where they towed my car because the person who hired me didn't inform me that the parking lot was only available at X amount of time. And we showed up that they could tow our car. So my car got towed. So you want to ask about those kind of logistics of like transportation and loading in and now of where, you know, how long I can load in, where can I park at, et cetera. Um, you also want to ask about outlets and electricity because let's say if they say we only have one plug-in for you, well, you want to make sure you have extra extension cords or on, on handy just in case they don't, they don't provide that. So you want to ask the technical questions that you know logistically on your end that will hinder you from doing your job if not addressed earlier. Another great session, Brandon. Thank you so much for being with us. I wanted to um, touch on a few of the upcoming sessions that are all accessible from clearwaterjazz.com's education and outreach page. Go to clearwaterjazz.com. You can click on education and outreach and you can see all the upcoming sessions, how to join those sessions. We have Dwayne, uh, Dwayne White and James Suggs with us tomorrow on a trumpet session uh, with a focus on soloing. And Austin Vickery is also back with us tomorrow. So, oh, a saxophone session, how to approach or how to incorporate bebop into your improvisation. Austin does great sessions and has wonderful session materials.
Valerie Gillespie is with us next week on a session topic called communication among band members. And Pete Carney is coming back with a couple other parts to his Safer at Home practicing series. The first one is on Thursday, July 23rd, Safer at Home Part 2, Simple Methods for Practicing. Jeremy Carter is going to be with us, incredible saxophone player doing an intermediate tenor sax session and many more into August. So please check out Clearwater Jazz Education and Outreach. I want to thank the supporters of Clearwater Jazz Holiday Foundation. And as it relates to these virtual sessions, I wanted to specifically thank the Al Downing Tampa Bay Jazz Association for helping to expand the reach of these sessions. Brandon, I hope we get to see you back with us soon. Um, it's always a pleasure. And these sessions are so wonderful. Thanks for being part of them. Thank you, Steve. And thank you guys once again to all the sponsors and to the Clearwater Jazz Holiday Foundation. Um, definitely, definitely a wonderful platform and a great resource and tools for young and up and coming musicians. So thank you guys for letting me be a part of this. All right. Take care, Brandon. We'll see you soon. I see you guys. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Clearwater Jazz Holiday Foundation's Young Lions Jazz Master Virtual Sessions. This podcast series is presented by our friends at Marine Max Clearwater. To watch the video of this full session, please visit the Education and Outreach page at clearwaterjazz.com and click on the studio. You can also learn more about the annual Clearwater Jazz Holiday Music Festival tradition and Clearwater Jazz Holiday's year-round education and outreach at clearwaterjazz.com.